of the Lord this day. Today is a special day because we also have a baby among us. Amen. So it means the way that the service is going to run, it will touch both sides so that those who don't have babies among them would also receive something. But also those who have come with the baby will also receive something. So when the word of God goes forth, it needs to cater for everyone who is in that particular place. That's why when the spirit of the Lord is working, people would say to you, Pastor, it seems like you were just talking about me, about my situation. But what is surprising is that each one of you think the word was just for you, which means it is the Holy Spirit who translates that word in line with your situation. So as an introduction, <clears throat> just want to say to you, when Cain sinned, sin disconnected him from God's presence. And then God said, I want you to go to the book of <clears throat> Genesis chapter 4, verse 12. I need this as an introduction because so many people are living aimless lives, just wandering up and down. Like if you look at the book of Job chapter 1, when God said <clears throat> to the devil, the Bible says the angels of God came to the presence of God. Satan was there also. <clears throat> God said, <clears throat> Satan, where are you coming from? How many of you remember how he answered do you read your Bibles? He said, I was just roaming to and fro upon the face of the earth. And we've got a lot of people who are just roaming around in life. So listen to this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 12. Mr. MJ, I'm not sure. Today you are a father, but you are also somebody who should read for us. Maybe there will come a time when I say now you are just a father, but for now you can read for us. Genesis 4.12 NIV. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Can we all say, <clears throat> you will be a restless wanderer on the earth? And how many people do you think are restless wanderers on the earth? So, obviously, if you are walking in sin, it's easy to be a restless wanderer, living an aimless life. Living lives as if there is no purpose. As long as I'm alive today, we say, how are you? As long as I'm alive today, tomorrow, how are you? As long as I'm alive today, just counting, but what impact are you making? There's another man in the Bible, in the book of Genesis chapter 5, if you look at most people there, <clears throat> you will see how long those people used to live. They would live over 900 years. <laughs> so the Bible would say something like, J. Red lived 916 something years and he died. So the only thing we heard was that he was the father of Enoch. I mean, for 900 plus years, the only thing we hear is you were the father of so-and-so, 
You live 900 whatever and you die. So when we talk about babies even today, that's when all of us, that's where all of us started. But then what impact are you making in life? Some of you say, Pastor, how can I make an impact? My life was messed by so and so when I was young, I was abused or somebody did this to me, or I failed in this, or I couldn't afford this, I couldn't achieve this. That's why I am where I am today. But can I tell you something as you go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 8, Amplified Classic, that it doesn't matter how you started. It matters how you will end. Even in a race, when people run a race, what counts is how you finish the race, not how you started. So for those of you who say my life is in a mess, I don't know what to do, or I don't ever think that I can make an impact in this life. Isaiah 64, verse 8, Amplified Classic. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are our porter. And we are, and we are all... And we all are the work of your hand. Okay, so when the Lord, the Bible says, how many of you know the clay? Clay, clay that people make things with. The other advantage of being from Africa. <laughs> so we know that our father, our parents used to make clay pots with clay. Okay? So if you are making something with that clay, and somehow that clay either falls or something goes wrong with it, you take that clay again and remold it. So here it says, yet, O Lord, you are our father and we are the clay. And you, our you are our porter and we are all the work of your hands. So if God is still there, if God is God, he can remold each one of us. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter how much your life has been. Is the word messed up? Not, it's not cursing, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Because some of the words, I don't know what would be the right word there. But it doesn't matter how your life yeah, has been. The Lord is our port. Can you tell your neighbor that you can choose the word you want to use? <laughs> because he can always reshape you. So it means there is no excuse why we cannot make an impact in life. And I like how most people who lived before us made a difference. If you look at Moses, you would hear about what Moses has done, isn't it? But sometimes some of the Israelites, you would just hear them as being part of the crowd. You go to the book of Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 5, you hear about the woman with the issue of blood. But you also hear about the crowd. When you are in the crowd and you make no difference, you are mentioned as part of the crowd, not as somebody standing up. So go to the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 6b, in the New King James Version. And then I'm going to give you the topic for the day today. Acts chapter 17, 6b, New King James Version. It starts from this who have. So, in essence, <clears throat> I like how Paul and other people that lived with him during that time were making a commotion here on the earth. 
wherever they passed, they made an impact. Until such time that somebody defined them like this. So just read that Acts 17, 6, 6b. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Ask your neighbor, do you turn the world upside down? <clears throat> are you making any impact in life? Or are you just eating porridge? Because when we hear about Jared lived 900 and something years, he begot Methuselah, he begot Enoch, and then we hear, and he died. I mean, that's a lot of years, man. Just to beget Enoch and then you die. Why don't we hear about the things that you've done? So it means even each one of us, the reason why you have come on earth, there's something specific that needs you. And why you are living at such a time as this, it's God's purpose. That's why you didn't live in the 18th century. So there is something in the time that we are living in now that needs you. There is something here in the Western Cape that needs you. There is something here at Jesus the Savior Church that needs you. Can I show you that this is God's design? So, my title today is Here on Earth for Such a Time as This. Here on Earth for Such a Time as This. Go to the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 26 to 31 in the NIV. Now, <clears throat> in Risana, we've got Risana among us, the little girl. Can we all say who? And we're excited about that. And by the way, Mr. Pazir, the announcement I wanted to tell you, there is another child. You must come and ask me who is the child. There is another baby. Amen. So why are babies keeping on getting born? It means there are still things that these babies need to do in this life. You were born. What difference have you made since you were born? What impact have you made since you were born? And I want to show you that God has designed that you should be here for such a time as this. There is no, I didn't have to live in the 15th century. My assignment is now. Tell your neighbor, I didn't have to live in the 15th century. <clears throat> My assignment is now. And I didn't have to be in South America. My boundaries are here. So listen to this. Acts chapter 17, 26 to 31. <clears throat> From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. Okay, so he made all the nations that they should inhabit the, the whole, whole earth. earth. Okay, anywhere. Is it? Read. And he marked out their appointed times in history. So let's start there. What did he do when he made... All men, and he made the whole earth. He marked out their appointed. their appointed time in history. Can you tell your neighbor, this is my appointed time in history? Yes, this one. Amen. He marked out our appointed time in history. But then also he didn't say, I could make an impact anyway. What did he do second? And the boundaries of their lands. And the boundaries of their lands. 
So there is a specific time for me, and there is a specific place for me. Tell your neighbor, there is a specific time for me, and a specific place for me. That's why I'm here at such a time as this, and I'm going to make a difference. Amen. Are you? Are you? Or are you going to be a restless wanderer? Because there are people really who live like birds. You know birds don't have, birds, birds don't have a plan. They don't have an aim. If you throw something there now, the bird will move from there and come. It changes the direction. Because there is no plan. Okay? So some of you are living like that. You are falling a lot for the bait that the devil throws. You wanted to go there, but because there's a bait here, now you have changed the direction. That's living like a restless wanderer. But if you want to make an impact in life, you need to know I'm here for such a time as this at this place. I'm at Jesus the Savior Church for such a time as this at this place. I'm in South Africa at such a time as this for this reason. That's why even if you live, look at the life of Jesus, Jesus would say, for this cause was the Son of Man made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. He lived a purposeful life. He knew why he was on the earth. Okay, so continue. God did this so that they will seek him and perhaps reach out for him mm. and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. Tell your neighbor, God is not far from any one of us. So read verse 28 to show that he's not far. For in him we live and move and have our being. Okay, can I just show you this? Did you know that even people who say there is no God... They are living because of God. Even people who say, I don't care if there is a God or no God. Who gave you that lie? The very same God. So it says, he is not far from any one of us because in him we live. So there is no life without God. In him we move and in him we have our being. As some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone on an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked ignore, such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So God has got a right to command all of us to repent because we are his creation. Amen. So if you are here and you don't have, your life is not given to the Lord yet, you are still living like a restless wanderer. You are still living like Cain. Unfortunately, times like this will end. And we will all have to face the Lord. And we will all have to account how we live the life here on the earth. You remember the scripture which says, even if you live a thousand years, or even two thousand years. But if you make no impact in life and you are not remembered after your death, a, a, a baby was, who died at birth is better off than you. Because you didn't do anything on the earth. But now, it doesn't end there. When we go, God will also have to make us account. I gave you this life. I wanted you to 
make an impact in life. What did you do with the life I gave you? And that's why now if we read verse 31, read verse 31, and I will link it with Hebrews 9.27, and I'll make that challenge for those of you who are still living a wondrous life, wandering, wandering, moving, meandering upon the earth, up and down, up and down, no purpose. You are missing out, but also the time is coming when God would want you to account. So read verse 31, and we'll link it with, Gen with Hebrews 9.27. For he has set a day when he will judge the world. With okay. God has set a day. Tell your neighbor, God has set a day when he will judge the world. Are you ready? With justice by the man he has appointed. Mm. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So you can read Hebrews 9.27 Amplified Classic. I want to link it to that and then we talk that but we get it out of the way just to make sure that those who are still living, wandering on the earth, moving up and down, no purpose, no commitment to the things of God, the Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. So now we still have a time to make our lives, to commit our lives to the Lord and after we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we live faithfully to him and we are committed to him. But if we continue to live a life of wandering, moving up and down throughout the face of the earth, look at Hebrews 9.27. And just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and after that, the certain judgment. Okay. So, we were all born. Can we all say we were all born? And it is appointed for all men wants to die. And after that, what did he say comes after death? Judgment. Okay. So, sometimes when people talk about grace, they think that grace will still be there. There is a time for grace. Now is the time of grace. Tell your neighbor, now is the time of grace. God is not judging you. But judgment is coming. Because it says, it is appointed for all men once to die. And after that, judgment. So the fact that we were born on the earth, between birth and death, that's the time for your assignment. Irrespective of how long that time is. Okay? So I'm here on earth for such a time as this. And we thank God for Risana. She's also joining here on earth for such a time as this. There are many other babies that are coming for such a time as this. And some of you will say, no, I've been living for 40 years, 50 years, but what did you do in the 40 years and the 50 years? It's not the amount of years that you have lived. It's about the impact that you are making in life. So go with me to the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 14. Because this world is looking for you and I as children of God to make a difference. Actually, the book of Corinthians says the world is groaning or the whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of the children of God because there are things on this earth that are terrible. There are things on this world 
that are terrible and you can't live this life without the Lord. You can show a good face on the outside to people. But you can't live this life without the Lord and successfully live it. So the book of Esther chapter 4 verse 14, I like this one because it gives two things in my view. Firstly, it talks about our assignment, but it also talks about why we are in this place at such a time as this. So that's why I'm saying here on earth for such a time as this. So do it, Esther 4.14 Amplified Classic. For if you keep silent at this time. Okay. If you keep, so this was Mordecai talking to Esther. The Israelites needed deliverance. And Mordecai thought that Esther could be a source of deliverance by talking to the king. Now, Mordecai says, if you keep silent at this time. So ask your neighbor, haven't you been silent a lot for many things? There are a lot of things that you need to do which you are not doing. But it doesn't stop what God will do anyway. Because he says, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jew from elsewhere. You know that there are people, even in the house of the Lord, who says, no, I will see if I'm not there in church, how things will work out, because they depend on me so much. Is it? Deliverance will always come from somewhere. Amen? None of us is irreplaceable. That's why we've got the Risanas and all the others that are still coming to replace some of you. Amen? Yeah, that's why you know that others are going, others are coming. So it means you will be replaced. Amen? So you can't claim that unless I'm there, nothing will work out. Things can work out even if you are not there. So he says to Esther, if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will come from somewhere else. But you and your father's house will perish. Now the words I like. He says, and who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and for this very occasion. Ask your neighbor, who knows? Maybe you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I am. I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I'm going to make an impact. Amen. Amen. Do you also want to confirm that indeed you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? That's why you didn't get born again. You were not born like in the 15th century like I've said before. You have come at this time at such a time as this. So there's something that needs you at such a time as this. So for me, go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Verse 25 to 29 in the New Living Translation, NLT. Because I just want to show you that as much as God has called each one of us with a specific purpose, we need to know what is it that God has called me for? What is it that God wants me to do in life? What impact will I leave behind? Okay? I know what God has called me to do. I'm doing that. I even know that he also has called me as a teacher of his word. And I do that. Amen. 
Do what you know God has called you to do. Do what you know God has placed you here at Jesus the Savior Church for. So listen to Colossians 1, 25 to 29 NLT. God has given me the responsibility of saving his church. Okay. Can we all say God has given me the responsibility of saving his church? We might have been given different responsibility of serving the church, but each one of us has been given the responsibility of serving his church. But for Paul, he says, given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. And he says, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. Tell your neighbor, the riches and the glory of God are for you also. So continue reading it, Mr. MJ. And this is the secret. Okay, what is the secret? Christ lives in you. Tell your neighbor, I've got a secret. No wonder you find me always succeeding. No wonder I'm still here. Because by the way, some of what some of you have gone through, some of you should have committed suicide. Some of you shouldn't be here now. But because of Christ in you, the secret that you have, you are still here. And you are still going to make an impact. There's still much more to do. Christ in me, what does that do? This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Mm. So we tell others about Christ. Okay, so we tell others about Christ. What? Mm. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. So we tell you about Christ. We warn you, we teach you so that you may live in the fullness of that which God has bestowed here on the earth for you. Mm. Continue. We want to present them to God perfect. Mm. Oh, we want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. Yeah. That's why I work and struggle so hard. Mm. Depending on Christ's mighty power, that works within me. Can we all quote verse 29 for ourselves? Mr. MJ, lead us. Because this is what purposeful life, purposeful people do. They are living as if today is their last day. Okay? So in other words, you don't have time to waste. You don't have days to waste. You're making an impact. So let's follow you. That's why I work. That's why I work. And struggle so hard. And struggle so hard. Depending on Christ's mighty power. Depending on Christ's mighty power. That works within me. That works within me. Can I show you that that verse 29, it actually explains grace very well, but it also shows you you've got a responsibility to do. Okay? So it says, I work so hard, but I'm not working so hard on my own strength. I'm depending on Christ's power that is working within me. And you know that if you do the best that you can, 
the grace of God will supersede that. Okay, it's like this. I told you that I know that I'm called as the teacher of the word of God. It doesn't mean because I'm called as the teacher of the word of God, now I'm just open the Bible wherever it falls. That's the message for the day. It doesn't work that way. If you look at the amount of time we spend, actually for us who are preachers, the amount of time we spend here preaching to you is far less compared to the time we spend preparing. It's like this. How many of you have ever written an exam? Yeah, I didn't say how many of you have ever passed an exam. I said, <laughs> I said how many of you have ever written an exam? So we should be a bit more. Okay. If you look the time for the exam or the time for test, how long is that time compared to the time for preparing for the test? You need to tell them, guys, I've been studying for the whole year. Now you want to test me for three hours. That's how it works. Okay? So similarly, even when we are here now, you know that some of us keep on praying, spending time with the Lord, uh, coming to church, being serious, because we know the test day is coming. So in this life, you will be tested whether you are prepared or not. Amen. Yeah. So you better be prepared. Challenges of life come whether you are prepared or not. You better be prepared. Now, he says, I work so hard, but I depend on the power of God that works within me. So I do the best that I can, but I'm not depending on my own strength. I depend on the grace of the Lord. So sometimes you find we do what we do. We go to a particular place and things start changing because we are there. Amen. Another time I was saying to people, some of the people think we are great leaders, some of us. When I was at Red Cross, things were going well. Tiger Bergen was reshaping that place. And people think, oh, he's such a great leader. I've got, I've got a favor. You know, you come to a place and things start changing and people think it's you. Amen? That's what we call grace. In other words, when you have the favor of God upon your life, when you come to a place, things start shaping up and people think it's you when actually it's the grace of God that is upon your life. So that's why, as for me, I will never boast on anything except in Christ. Because he is my strength. He is the one who makes us look better. Okay, can I ask you a question? Do you think if I did not accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, would you be sitting here listening to me? So now I feel very important because of Christ. Imagine you've come from your homes, coming here. Why? Because there's something that Christ has placed in my life, and you want that. Amen? So, but if you take Christ out of me, I'm always reminded about this words. You remember Samson when, we all know him as the powerful man, isn't it? You remember when the wife was always asking him, Tell me the, 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 the secret of your power. Tell me the secret of your power. So at first, he deceived her. He told her that. He told her that. And at the end, he said, if, you can shave, if my hair is shaved, I will become ordinary like anybody else. Go and check it in your Bible. 
So it means he acknowledged that there is something in me that makes me extraordinary. Tell your neighbor, there is something in me that makes me extraordinary. But if I lose that, then I will become ordinary like anybody else. The other time I was telling you that you can't put a blessed man down and I gave you an example of a plastic ball. You know a plastic ball with air in it. Do you know that if you take that ball and you push it down the water, it will be underwater just when your hand is there. When you remove your hand, what happens? It comes up. So that's some of us. There is something in me. Tell your neighbor, there is something in me that doesn't allow me to remain under. Situations may push me down. Tell your neighbor that. Situations may push me down. But I always pop up. Amen. Because of something in me. But now if you take that plastic ball and you punch it. And the air gets out of that water. That, that, that ball. What happens when you throw that ball down? The water. It sinks. Why? Why? There is no air. So when you see some people sinking, ask them, is there no more air? <laughs> because all, there was a time when you were bubbly, like a Christian. You were really excited even about your marriage. But all of a sudden now, we can see you sinking now. You start saying, I don't know why I married her. Now you must ask them, is there no more air? You remember even the wedding at Cana. The Bible talks about Jesus was also invited there. And then there came a time when they no longer had wine. Jesus turned that water into wine. And then he could restore what was lost. So sometimes even in marriages, you find people who once said they love each other so much. When they run out of wine, now they look at each other and look, is this the person I married? She looks very ugly. You know why? <laughs> she hasn't changed. You're just running out of wine. Amen? You're running out of air. Because some of the things that once excited you, even in the house of the Lord, when you start now getting bored, something is missing. Amen? So we need to always keep on depending on that grace of the Lord. And even when we talk with you, we don't depend on our own strength. We don't try to give you philosophy in the church. Read it with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 10, and then we will focus on Risana. Just want to get this one out of the way. Now we come specifically for the baby, and you will still be getting something. But 1 Corinthians 2, so this is the last one you are reading, Mr. MJ, because from here on, you are the father of a baby. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 1 to 10, NIV. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I, pro as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. So he says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or the wisdom of men. Do you know that there are some people who, 
who would give you the word of God as if it's positive thinking. They, they do it like a, a motivational speaker. There's nothing wrong with being a motivational speaker, but motivational speaking is not the word of God. It's like psychology. Okay? Okay, let me give you this difference. If people tell you to have positive thinking, if people, so that could be either psychology or motivational speaking, it's good. It will help you to have a positive frame of mind. But the word of God goes beyond that. The word of God doesn't only help me to think positively. It also creates the positive thing that I'm hoping for. That's the difference. Can I repeat this to you? If you tell somebody, just have hope, my brother. Be, be positive. Be positive. You are pumping their psych up, and indeed they are positive. But that does not have creative power because it's not the word. You get that? But when it's the word of God, when I tell you, I tell you something, but then that word has inherent power in it to bring to pass that which I'm talking about. Simple example. When I lay hands on the sick and I say, in the name of Jesus, be healed and be made whole. And I say, sickness, get out of this body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. She is healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. You know what that does? That word, because I'm quoting the word of God. The word of God has got inherent power to create healing in my body. You get that? I want you to get this because this is different from if somebody, let's say somebody is sick, and then you say, they say, you're sick, and you say, no, I'm not sick. How many of you know that saying, I'm not sick, doesn't have inherent power to, to, to create anything? Just talking, it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not the word of God. So what you need to do when you are faced with a situation, take the word, it's got positive thing in it, but it also has creative power. When I have a need and I say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I've done two things. Indeed, it's a positive frame of mind, but I've also quoted what God has said. And God is watching over that word to fulfill it. So when I say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and my bank balance doesn't look good, I'm not talking about my bank balance. Because you say that and people say, ha, my brother. You say the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. Did you check? And you go to the ATM and you put your pin and you want to get some money and it tells you, Insufficient funds. Do you know that that is the situation? But there is something that is the truth of the word of God, which says the Lord is my... So when the, the, the bank tells you that, when the ATM tells you that, the ATM doesn't know who your father is. Amen? So you need to go back and say, Father, I thank you that you are my shepherd, I shall not want. I thank you, Lord, that you provide for me and you will supply for me. I don't know how. But I know you know how to provide for your own. Can I just give you two examples quickly of how God provides? 
Again, it's not about in your mind. You remember the time when Peter wanted money for tax? Yeah, simple. Jesus says to Peter, go to the sea. The first fish that you catch will have money for tax for you and I. And in your mind, you would say, but how is it possible? No, God is a creator. And you know, the other time I told you, some of you would be saying, but what if the fish that doesn't, that has the money is not the one that takes the bait. That's not your problem. That's God's problem. He said the fish will have the money. And again, I told some of you that Peter probably was saying, I've been a fisherman all the days of my life. I've never caught fish with the money. But if God says there will be money in the mouth of a fish, there will be money in the mouth of a fish. That's how faith works. You need to accept it like a child. You remember also when Elijah had a need during famine, and God said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Ravens, instead of eating meat, they're taking the meat to Elijah the Tishbite. So that's the kind of God that I serve. Can you tell your neighbor, that's the kind of God I serve? And he will continue to supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because let me go to verse 8. There's many few more things, but let me go to verse 8 of that because I need to keep that and then we focus on the baby. So, says, <coughs> okay, let me start from verse 7. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The reason why I like that verse 8, even though I'm not talking about it today, but let me touch on it. Paul here says, if the rulers of this world have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you think if the devil knew that crucifying Christ means salvation to all of us, do you think he would have crucified Christ? No. But the, the problem is that the devil doesn't know the future. Tell your neighbor, the devil doesn't know the future. Yeah, he's a fallen angel. So he, he, he plants a lot of traps for himself, thinking that he's trapping you. That's how things happen. You remember even the story of Haman, Mordecai and Haman. You remember Haman when he was plotting a gallows for Mordecai and who was hanged on those gallows? Haman. So don't worry. If people are plotting traps for you, you've got God on your side. And the Bible in the book of Psalms chapter 91, it says, he will deliver you from all the snares of the fowler. So when the enemy is putting traps for you, those traps will not catch you. Because God is on your side. So he says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So some of the things you're going through is because the devil doesn't know. And he thinks he's putting you under pressure only to find that it's actually helping you to get to your better future. So not all the fires that you are going through are meant to burn you. Some of them are refining you. And you will find that you're getting stronger and stronger. And when the devil brings it next time, you say, devil, I already know. I know who holds the future. I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And listen to this. Now, verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared 
for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now, why I want to link this with what we are going to do now. Let me repeat this. No eye has seen. Can we all say no eye has seen? No ear has heard. And no human mind has conceived what God has in store for me. Let's repeat. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. And no human mind has conceived what God has in store for me. Okay, now, do you think your parents know what God has in store for you? Huh? Do you think your friends know what God has in store for you? Do you think your brother know what God has in store for you? No wonder they talk like that. They talk the way they talk because they don't know. So next time when they talk and trying to bring you down, tell them, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God has planned for me on this earth. So do you know that even our parents, sometimes our parents think they know what God has planned for us as children. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has in store for me. Sometimes, you know, some of us, especially those of you again from... Okay, <laughs> You will find that our, our vernacular names, ish. That's why some of us use initials. So call me with initials. Because what? Our parents had other ideas about us. But no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for me. So even with Risan. You can clap your hand, and then we're coming to resign. So, Mr. and Mrs. MJ, you might claim to know a lot about what God has in store for this little one. No mind has heard, no ear has, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, no eyes has seen what God has in store for us. So, let me give you one example, and then I'll go back to these other scriptures. Go with me to the book of First Chronicles, chapter four, verse nine and ten. Jabez was honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez. And in brackets, what does it say? Eh? Imagine your name. At least if you say Jabez, it sounds right. But when you translate it, it doesn't sound right. Why did his mother name him? Soromeika. Those are some of our traditional names. Hmm. I won't tell you. <laughs> so it's not starting with us. So his mother named him Sorrow Maker. But look, probably from the time that Jabez was still a baby, he couldn't do anything to change that. That's what his mother named him. So that's why for some of us, grace has really 
been so good to us because even if our mothers have called us sorrow makers, the grace of God has transformed us. And now listen to Jabez. It says, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez cried to the God of Israel saying, now I like people who are like Jabez who say, what my parents have said about me is not my destiny. Amen. Let's all talk it out loud. What my parents have said about me. The negative things that they have pronounced upon my life. That's not for me. At least if they've said some positive things. You know like in those days there were some parents. There were at least some. Who, some of you must retain your, your names. Eh? Your parents at least they, they had a bit of light. But some of us. Eish. Jabez. But listen to this. He says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. You see what he's saying upon his life. And that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from evil. Listen to this now. So that so that do you have it? So that it might not hurt me. So I was called pain. My parents have called me sorrow maker. My parents have called me pain. But with you, O oh Lord, in my life, may I not be a pained person. May I not be hurt by evil. I'm calling on you. And God granted him his request. So some of us, we don't have a chance to go back to be like Risana and get a blessing of God upon our lives by a pastor. So we'll have to do like Jabez. We'll have to say, no, they called me this, but I'm not that. Amen. I'm calling upon the blessing of God upon my life. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed going out. I'm above only and never beneath. Amen. I'm the head and not the tail. Amen. I'm starting to be, to make my own prayer. Because that's what you need to do. You can't keep on blaming your parents for calling you Jabez. Do like Jabez and say what you want to see. Speak your future. But Risana and all the other little ones who are getting born these days when they are pastors, when some of you are in church. By the way, there are still people, parents who are giving birth to children these days. And they still don't bring them to the Lord. That's not good. Because in the times we're living in, at least, the least you can do. I know fathers who, who drive their wives and their children to the door of the, to the entrance of the church and they go back home. Okay? So out of ten, I would give that father three, at least. Yeah, at least. He's got sense enough to know, let me take them to church even if I'm not going. That's a start, but it's three. It's not a pass yet. Okay? Because there are others who don't even allow their children and their wives to go to church. But then, if you are going to only go and drop them there and you don't go, what example are you setting? What kind of a leader are you? 
How will they follow you? You will be like a Pharisee who says, do what we tell you, but don't do what we do. And you know that actually the, 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 the behavior we, 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 we display, children learn by observation. You can tell a child that, but if you behave this way, they will behave that way. You know, they say there was this saying, they say, how many of you know a crab? Yeah, they say a crab walking like this, and then the crab saw the little one. What are you doing? <laughs> you must walk straight. But the crab itself is going this way. <laughs> so don't be like that. You can't tell the little crab, walk straight forward. But you're going, it doesn't work that way. Amen? So it means if we want the blessing of God upon our lives, let's also help our children. Some children should be set forth. So Mr. and Miss MJ, you've done well. Because unlike where you started, I don't want to ask, I see <laughs> the other two parents here. I don't know what they did to you, Miss MJ, when you were a little one. I don't know. And I don't want to know. But at least you are in a different dispensation now. You know we can give our children a head start. Amen? Because if imagine if they start with the blessing of the Lord even when they are still babies like this. I remember Samuel. The Bible says Hannah took Samuel back to the house of the Lord and she said, he will be dedicated to the Lord for the rest of his life. And the Bible tells us about Samuel serving before the Lord in the presence of Eli, the high priest. And this still was still a boy, a young boy. And the Lord appeared to him. And he said, Samuel, Samuel. And the little boy went to Eli. Eli, daddy, you've called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. He went back to sleep. After sleeping again, Samuel, Samuel. Father, you've called me. No, I didn't call you. And then Eli thought, it might be the Lord. So he said, the third time you hear Samuel, Samuel, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. But that was a small boy. Why? Because the boy was dedicated to the Lord. So the thing that you are doing today, Mr. and Mrs. MJ, it's a very powerful thing. Because this gives our children a head start. At least, even before they become matured adults, they are starting to be sensitized to the things of God. And look at this. Jeremiah 1.5. And I will do it with Psalms 139, verse 13 to 18. So Jeremiah 1.5 in the Amplified Classic, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated you and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Okay? So now, this is the words that God was talking to Jeremiah. Don't you think God speaks the same thing about us? Don't you think before we were born, God knew about us? Don't you think before Risana was formed in the mother's womb, God knew about Risana? I always like sometimes blessing when he was still young. He used to tell us, you know, when I was in heaven, I could see you guys. 
I know what you were doing. I don't know whether he was just saying that or indeed he saw us. But it's not like we're starting to live when we come now on the earth. God had me in him before the creation of the world. I did not come here as a coincidence. You know that sometimes we can have babies out of wedlock or out of marriage. And we say, you are a mistake. You are a mistake. I should have aborted you. You need to tell them, before I was formed in my mother's womb, God knew about me. It might be that the circumstances around which I've come are not acceptable, but I am acceptable. And I'm here to make a difference. And by the way, if you look at many people in the Bible, some of them, the circumstances around their birth were not good. Amen? How many of you know the story of Tamar and Judah. The father-in-law giving, giving <laughs> sleeping with the, the daughter-in-law and then children are born and those children are in the gym. Some of us would not have done that. Would have pulled them out. But it means this verse is true. Before I was even formed in my mother's womb, it's, it doesn't say when I was being formed in my mother's womb, that's when God knew me. Before, so it means before our children are even conceived, God already know about them. That's why he actually places children in specific homes, in specific places. So he knew that Risana would fit well in the MJ's family. And that's your blessing and that's our blessing too. And therefore, listen to this, Psalms 139. Now, this one is for all of us, but specifically for Risana. And any baby who comes to this world, can you tell your neighbor, we are not an afterthought in God's mind. So it's not like this. It's not like God had intended to create and to let people here on the world to come at three billion. And then all of a sudden he thinks, ish, I think we need another one. Three billion one. No. Before the world was created, God already had me in his mind. I actually, I was there before I came. Tell your neighbor I was before I came. Can I give you the simple example as we're going to Psalms 139? You remember this is what got Jesus into trouble. You know what Jesus said to the Pharisees? Before Abraham was there, <laughs> I was there. He said, ah, you're just a, a small baby. You just, your mother, your father, the carpenters here, and now you say you were there even before Abraham was there. So people don't know that I am a spirit. So man is a spirit. Tell your neighbor, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. To show you that point, that's why when a person drops down dead, we say some, so and so has departed, is gone, but the body is still there. Which means the person is not this. The real you is the one on the inside of you. That's the one that will make up. You know why your flesh deceives you to live in sin? 
and continue to live in sin. It's because he knows it's from the dust. It's going back to the dust. But your spirit and your soul have to go back to God and give account. So therefore, don't allow this body to deny you eternity with God. Amen. Because that's the real you. So now listen to this. Psalms 139, 13 to 18 NLT. So this is for you, Rizal. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. But do you know that people are complex? Huh? Yeah, man. Person is complex. Because if you think about how we were conceived, what mixture came together to make us who we are now, we just can't understand that. How did the teeth come about? How did the bones come about? How did the eyes come about? How did the ears come about? How did the brain come about? And you tell me that's not wonderful? And you tell me that's not complex. And you tell me that's not amazing. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, you are still with me. Did you get that? So he's saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Even what God thinks about me cannot be numbered. You remember the other time I was telling you this, the book of Zephaniah, which says the Lord is still in that city. And every day he makes good decisions for us. Not a day goes by without his plans being fulfilled in my life. So when I move from here, I expect God's favor. When some of you move from here and say, you never know, I may just move here and get knocked down by a car. That's your problem. Some of us, we, you never know. I just get out of here and I get a blessing. Amen. Amen. Because God's thoughts are marvelous about us. God's thoughts are amazing about us. So even with Risana, yeah, I think Bomemu is here. Bomemu, do you want to show Risana? Just lift up Risana and let people look at Risana. But God is amazing. Can we say, but God is amazing? So, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's masterpiece. So, if God took so much, should I say, he was not in a hurry when he created us. Okay? Here it says, when you were 
woven me as if he was knitting us. Fearfully and wonderfully made. So I want to speak a blessing over this baby. I want to dedicate this baby to the Lord just like how Samuel was dedicated to the Lord. But like I told you, the parents had to bring Samuel to the house of God. Okay? So it means some of us, like I said, we didn't have a good start. Now you look at what they used to do to us, but somehow grace still made us survive, isn't it? Because if you really think it was just grace that we still hear. Amen. But as for Risana, Mr. and Miss MJ, I think you need to start moving to the fore now. Because I'm 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 really excited about the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. And also why children are keeping on getting born. And also understand that I'm here for such a time as this. And even Risana is here for such a time as this. And Mr. and Mrs. MJ, you are blessed with Risana. We rejoice with you.